Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to mini episode 302 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from July the 16th 2023 and story number one comes from Jason and Cindy. We live in a peaceful rural village about 10 miles east of Canterbury, Kent. Having been here for five years we've fallen in love with the area especially the convenience of stepping out of the front door and being surrounded by a beautiful countryside where we walk our dog every morning. Over time, we've gradually explored beyond the village, venturing into neighbouring hamlets and villages during our early morning walks, usually at around 5 to 5.30am when the roads are the quietest. In early spring of this year, March or early April, we set out on our usual early morning walk. It was around 5.30am. It was a bright, fresh morning and the sun had just started to come up. As we were walking down one of the bridle paths or access roads, we noticed a high wall of approximately 15 feet, which looked as if it had been part of a larger wall surrounding what must have been a very large, very beautiful garden. Next to the wall was a couple of barn-type conversion properties, but the wall looked much older than the buildings that were next to it. My wife commented that the wall looked kind of out of place, as it would have surrounded a much larger building. There is a section of wall and then two large gateposts that remain standing. It was the first time that we walked down this lane. As we turned the corner and went back onto the main part of the lane, we continued walking along, looking over and across the land. My wife commented, Look, there's the house. I knew there must have been a bigger house belonging to that wall. Oh, what a shame, as it looks derelict. I looked over to where she was looking and through a clearing in some large trees, I could clearly see what looked like a large manor-type house with large chimney structures on its roof. I could see that the roof was falling in in places and could see the timber beams of the gable ends clearly and broken glass window panes, which the sun was reflecting off. What really stood out was the large chimney stacks either end of the house and my wife kept commenting, What a shame, it looks so unloved. We stopped and looked at the house, which was in the distance approximately 100 feet away, talking about what a sad sight it was to see such a large old house fall into a state of such disrepair, when other houses in the area had been refurbished and updated. We started walking again, continuing our conversation, wondering why the house had been left to such a sorry fate. The road was taking us around another bend, so as we went to turn, we looked back to have a final glimpse at the house, and both stopped dead in our tracks as the house had disappeared and was no longer visible. 
We were both very confused and even retraced our steps back down the lane to where we had first stood and seen the house. But no, it was gone. And all that was there was just trees and a clearing. We couldn't figure out what on earth had just happened. We had both seen the same house and both described to each other how it had looked. We'd seen it the same and in the same detail. We stood scratching our heads for a few minutes trying to rationalise what had just happened. Was it a trick of the light? Had we both been in some kind of weird daydream or hallucination? But how could we both have seen the same thing at the same time and describe it in the same way? We went home and I immediately got online to look at Google Earth to see the exact area where we had seen the house. All that could be seen was the wall, the new refurbished barn houses and the grounds with another modern type house but no derelict old house. I then tried to find old ordnance survey maps of the location to see if any houses had historically been in that location and was not able to find anything. Internet searches also did not bring anything up. So what did we see? It left us wondering whether we'd experienced a time slip, witnessing a house from a bygone era that no longer existed. And if so, why were we granted that glimpse? We were and are still baffled by what we had seen that day. We've walked down that same route several times since, and every time I walk down there, I always look to see if the house is there, hoping it is, but have not seen it since. But it's not the first time I've experienced seeing something odd. Five years earlier, when we lived near Rochester in Kent, I had another disconcerting experience. On a quiet Saturday morning in spring at around 8 or 8.30am, I was walking my dogs towards the local churchyard, a peaceful spot away from busy roads. As I approached the church's entrance, I noticed an old brown rover 3500 from the 1970s parked in the turning area. What struck me as odd was that the car looked immaculate for its age, something you wouldn't expect to see in that place and time. I continued to walk up the lane, approaching the car to enter the gates of the churchyard. As I got closer to the car, I had a strange feeling that something did not feel right. It's very hard to describe the feeling other than feeling like you're in a place where you should not be. At this point, I noticed there were people in the car and I started to feel even more uncomfortable. I continued walking and as I drew level with the car, I looked across. Sitting in the car driver's side was a man. He appeared to be in his late 30s or early 40s. He had shoulder-length brown hair and a moustache. He was also wearing gold-rimmed glasses. I could see that he was wearing a jacket. It was like a kind of casual jacket with a wide collar that reminded me of the type of jackets my dad wore in the 1980s. He was looking straight through the windscreen, but had a kind of sad, faraway look on his face. It was like he was looking in my direction, but not really seeing me. Next to him, in the front passenger seat, was a young girl. She had light-coloured hair, shoulder length. She had a roll-neck white jumper on. She was looking at me with an expression of shock or surprise. Her mouth and eyes were literally wide open, like she could not believe what she was seeing. And in the back car seat, I could make out the figure of a young boy, but could not see him clearly enough to describe him at all. This unnerving encounter prompted me to hasten my pace, and I walked around the churchyard with the dogs, and the weird feeling subsided. I tried not to think too much about what I had seen. 
After about an hour of walking and playing with the dogs, I turned back towards the churchyard gates. The car was still there. The unsettled feeling came back, but I continued walking through the gates. I got level with the car, not wanting to look, but not being able to stop myself. The people were still there, frozen in the same positions. The man with the faraway look and the girl looking shocked and surprised. I hurried home. I honestly could not get out of there quick enough as it made me feel so unsettled. But I am still left with the lingering questions of who were they? What were they doing there? And was this another time slip that I had witnessed? We remain baffled by these experiences and often walk the same routes, hoping to see the mysterious house again or perhaps find answers to our questions about the odd car encounter. So just for the benefit of the listeners, Jason and Cindy later sent in proof from the Kent Archaeological Society that the house was real. There was a house there and it was demolished in the 1940s. So the house definitely existed. It really does sound like you guys witnessed some sort of time slip. I would love to know where in Canterbury you saw this or where outside of Canterbury you saw this. Could you please send me another email and let me know just so I can suss it out for myself. And it really does sound like the two of you really did see this house. Like in whatever context, whether it's a time slip, whether it's, I don't know, with a rip in the time-space continuum, I don't know. But you obviously saw this beautiful house and, you know, had a conversation about it being so unloved and not being looked after. This wasn't a fleeting glimpse. This wasn't like you were driving by in a car and you just caught it out of the corner of your eye and then it wasn't there anymore. This was obviously somewhere that you walked around, had a look at, were like, oh, I wonder what... When it, when it was abandoned or, you know, like you had conversations about it being so run down. And then you look back and it's gone. It really does feel like what you experienced was some sort of time slip. But why does that happen? Like why, why that moment? Why you guys? Why that time in the morning? Why did you suddenly see this house in its rundown state? You know, obviously, potentially just before it was demolished or whatever. Why did you see it then? Like how, how does that happen? What are the perfect ingredients or the perfect conditions that allowed it to happen at that particular time? I wonder, are there other people who have seen that house but haven't looked back in the way that Jason and Cindy did and just thought, oh, there's a dilapidated old house there and then carried on and not realised that what they had seen was the shadow of something, the echo of something through time or a glimpse into another dimension where it hasn't been demolished. And your second time slip, well, if that's what it was, a time slip, I don't know. Really, gave me the heebie-jeebies. Also, I don't know if it's a Rover 3500 or a Rover 3500. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which it is. So I'm sorry if you're a car person and, and the way I said it made you flinch. But it really gave me the heebie-jeebies. Like, first of all, you're seeing this car, right? And you're like, oh, this is a car that's out of place. This must be somebody who owns a vintage car or whatever. And then you suddenly realise this is weirdly well-maintained for a vintage car. And then you see these people that are frozen in time. Like, he's in this, he's got this faraway look on his face. And then this woman is there looking shocked and surprised with her eyes and her mouth wide open. You go and do a, your lap around the churchyard and come back. And they're still in the same position that is deeply disturbing and to me maybe I'm maybe I'm naive maybe I just you know underestimate the lengths that people will go to to pull a prank but it just doesn't sound like a prank or a joke or 
anything like that. It sounds like you saw something that shouldn't be there, especially when you had that feeling of like, oh, that feeling of unease, that feeling that something wasn't right, that feeling that something was wrong. And then you witness these people that are completely incongruent with with their surroundings. And I just wonder, like, was the person, was the woman looking at you? Was she shocked to see you specifically? Or was she just frozen in a look of shock because that, because in that moment of time, whatever moment of time they were depicting, she was shocked or surprised or whatever. It sounds like you experienced two separate and distinct moments in time, two time slips. Oh, but that second story in particular has really given me the heebie-jeebies. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And story number two comes from Hayden. This first story happened when I was around 10. I was spending the day at my cousin's house. It was midday in the springtime. My cousin and I had some lunch and some lemonade. Usually at my cousin's house, we would leave our dishes and rubbish outside her bedroom door where my aunt would take them downstairs. This day wasn't any different. We put our dishes outside her room and thought nothing of it. We heard my auntie sighing and the sound of the empty glasses clinking together. I looked at my cousin. Was that your mum? I asked. She looked at me. Yeah, it was. She got up here fast and she laughed. I nodded. I'm going to ask her when my mum is picking me up. It's been ages. I hurried to the door, opened it and found the dishes exactly where we had left them. I stood confused for a moment before going downstairs myself. My auntie's boyfriend at the time was sat in the living room watching TV. I poked my head into the room and asked, Andrew, where's Joanne? He looked up, gave me a confused look before answering, She's been out for hours. And he looked back at the TV. The second story also happened at my cousin's house. My cousin was at her father's when this happened, so I spent the day with my younger cousin and ended up sleeping in my cousin's room while she was away. I hated staying there overnight since I was a child. I had a horrible feeling any time I had to sleep there alone, and this time was no different. I made a point to sleep facing the room because I never wanted to have something sneaking up on me. I was in bed when I felt like I had to open my eyes, and I did. In front of me, right up in my face, was a red figure with giant yellow eyes and a toothy grin. I almost shit myself at the sight. It disappeared after a few blinks. It may also be worth noting that I have two younger cousins who were babies in this house, 
and both of them would laugh while staring up at the ceiling and the wardrobe, years apart from each other. The next story happened in my own bedroom when I was around 13. My stepmother had OCD and would be awake late into the night cleaning and organising. It exhausted her, but she would always talk to me if I was awake at the same time, even when I was meant to be asleep. I would say goodnight and she would say it back. One night I was on my DS and heard my door open. I looked over and saw her walk in. I smiled and said goodnight. She opened the wardrobe slowly but then stopped when I spoke. She turned her head. Her eyes were glowing yellow and the rest of her body looked more like a shadow now. My smile dropped and the figure across the room from me just slowly left the room through the door. In the morning I went to my stepmom and asked her if she'd been in my room the night before. Before I could elaborate she said, Ugh no, I was busy with the kitchen, didn't have time but I'll be in there tonight to do it. I protested. No, I saw you. You were angry because I was awake. And she shrugged. But it wasn't me. This last story happened when I was 14. I think this particular event was a case of sleep paralysis, but I'd never had it before and think it was strange nevertheless. I was laying in bed when I opened my eyes, finding that I couldn't move. I started to panic a little before a shadowy figure appeared in front of me, on its knees, watching me. This didn't really bother me at the time for whatever reason. I was more worried about being able to move. That was until the figure lunged at my face. Its hands held out like it was going for my eyes. I screamed but nothing came out even though I could feel my vocal cords shake. When I was finally able to move I leaped out of bed and went into my brother's room which was a glorified conservatory attached to my bedroom. I woke him up to his chagrin and asked him if he could hear me screaming just now and why didn't he help me and he told me that he couldn't hear a sound. So Hayden, let's go back to the very beginning. Let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. I don't even know if this sounds like a haunting as such or rather like an echo through time, some sort of residual energy of your aunt who picked up after your, you guys and collected your stuff from outside the door. And I'm sorry to say it, but I don't need, you know, alternate universe me, all the other dimensions of me, residual haunting me, also picking up after people. I'd be very annoyed with that. And again, for the story of your stepmother who had obsessive compulsive disorder and used to stay up into the night cleaning, like her residual energy, her echo, her dimensional other self, whatever it is, was also knocking around the house, doing things, sorting out wardrobes, etc. I know that obviously she was very angry when she appeared in that version of her. But these things sound weirdly other dimensional. I wonder if that's what happens when we see doppelgangers. That they're not really doppelgangers at all in the traditional sense. It's not another version of you. Or maybe it is another version of you, but just in a, another time. Another version of you from another time. Like a time slip version of you instead. <gasps> Have I solved the paranormal? And I mean, sleep paralysis is just terrifying. It's always terrifying. It always freaks me out. I never really know what to make of sleep paralysis. I often think, oh yeah, like I understand, you know, it's scientific, it's our brains. But then I hear stories about sleep paralysis and people seeing the same thing, etc, etc. And it almost gives me the heebie-jeebies. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's mini episode. Thank you to Jason and Cindy and Hayden for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from July the 16th, 2023. And if you would like to send in your stories, you can do so by emailing them to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra spooky content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.